In today's fascinating gospel story, the rumor mill is milling. And we find ourselves alongside these anxious disciples who wander a dusty road 10 kilometers outside of Jerusalem. Night is falling and the commotion of Jerusalem is now in their rear view mirror. The noise of the city fades and so has their optimism and their zeal. But we had hoped. It's the Easter evening theodicy question, isn't it? We had hoped. Where, where are you? We, we thought, and there are even rumors that some disciples may have stolen the body. How can this be? And then a voice interrupts these friends in the midst of their emotion-filled flurry of questions. What are you talking about? Was it the darkness? Was it their sadness? Something prevents them from seeing and knowing it was Jesus. So I want to bring that back into our worlds because we live in a world and a time and a place where we hear or we have thousands of questions, theodicy questions. Where are you, God? I thought, or I had hoped, I thought it was going to get better, or I thought it was going to work differently this time. What's the good news for us in today's story? Consolation, companionship, comfort. Where do we see Jesus? Where is his presence known? Is there something that we need to do or say to conjure up Jesus to show up? I hope not. Because that's not a life of following Jesus that I think is sustainable or enjoyable. Only leads to burnt out or despair. So I'd suggest that in today's wonderful, strange story, this is about encounter. An encounter that can't be manipulated or manufactured, but an encounter that is to be received as gift and grace. Gift and grace. And I think that's what we need on our journeys with Jesus in these days. Gift and grace. That Jesus loves to do gift and grace this way. It's his modus operandi. Gift and grace. So as we look at today's story, we see how gift and grace are revealed to us. And I'm intrigued by the disciples' invitation, stay with us. It's an urgent invitation, isn't it? It's almost like, please stay with us, Jesus. And he does. Jesus stays. And Jesus sits with them at their table. And he breaks bread. He takes it. He blesses it. He gives it to Cleopas. He gives it to his friend. Do you know that we always have breaking bread in front of us in the sanctuary? Those two hands holding the bread and breaking it. 
Isn't that interesting that that's one of the images that is central to our worshiping space Sunday after Sunday? The breaking of bread. And then what happens for these disciples is the eureka moment. It's you, Jesus, it's you. And then he vanishes. But then the marvelous reminiscence, that phrase that I hope you'll hang with this week, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? I hope you can spend some time pondering that verse in these moments and in the week ahead. Again, I'm not wanting us to manufacture this Jesus, I want you to show up moment. But if we are saying in these 50 days of Easter that Jesus is alive, we, we've sung it several times this morning, Christ is alive. If that's true, then Jesus is here. And we've sung and we've prayed. And in many ways, our posture of worship Sunday after Sunday is a plea for Jesus to stay with us. Stay with us, Jesus. We need you. We, we can't do this without you. And Jesus' response is always gift and grace. God is here. Jesus here. And so I'd invite you to breathe and keep on receiving the presence of Jesus. Maybe our hearts are not burning within us, but can we recognize and celebrate that our hearts are full full of blessing, full of grace, full of love, because Jesus knows us and names us. He calls us beloved children. Sarah Bessie, in her prayer book called Rhythm of Prayer, has a prayer of invitation that I want to pause with as we're continuing to acknowledge the presence of Christ. She writes this, Spirit of God, help us to sink down into your love, to push our roots down into your marvelous love, and be planted within your power and grace. Surprise us. Startle us. We're open to all the weird ways you want to speak to us, in us, and to us, and through us. I like that phrase, we're open to all the weird ways that you might speak to us. So that's invitation, but I want to spend a few minutes talking about location because these disciples marvel at the reality of a Jesus who journeys with them. He doesn't um, lag behind them. He doesn't run ahead of them and say, you got to keep up with me. Instead, Jesus shows up. He's present. He's interested, he's intrigued, he's inquisitive. It's almost comical, right? He's like, what are you talking about? How's Jesus showing up in your journey these days? And do we recognize what he looks like, what he sounds like, what it feels like when Jesus speaks to us? I think the spiritual styles uh, piece is important here because Whether you're a word person or an emotion person 
or an action person or a symbol person, the way that your temperament and your personality affects the way that you might see and hear and feel and know Jesus. So I think spiritual styles helps us pay attention to that because Jesus might show up for me in ways that are different than how Jesus might show up for you. I was thinking this past week in our weekly worship that one of the places where my heart has been really full over the past several Sundays is Gerald's Piano Offertories. I gave him a heads up that I was going to do this, so he's only turning slightly red. (laughs) But during the piano offertories, and maybe it's because I've already finished preaching or something that I'm just so chill and relaxed, but (laughs) I just close my eyes and I receive it as gift and grace And it takes me to a lovely, beautiful, nurturing place. And I feel like my heart is warmed and my heart is made full. Gerald sharing his gifts with us and the Spirit using those gifts to bless and encourage us. Maybe you're a word person and maybe it's the prayers that we say and pray together that stick with you and you carry in your hearts in the weeks ahead. Last week, um, I was able to read Liz Grinovich's uh, Prayers of the People, and I carried her prayer with me all week long because there are a couple images in there that I wanted to keep with me. And of course, you know about our prayer books, Rose's Prayer Book, A Prayer for People on the Journey. I stole the call to worship from that this morning. And then we also have this prayer book, Lift up your hearts. Maybe you're a word person. Maybe those are the prayers that help you carry the spirit of Jesus with you in these days. So how is Jesus showing up? In word, or through emotion, through symbol, through action. I'd encourage you to share a story with someone this week and encourage them and just say, hey, the things that you're doing are helping me see and sense and know Jesus. Because in the final phrases of today's story, Cleopas and his friend find their companions. And they say, the Lord has risen indeed. And they told him what happened on the road and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So for you and me, it might be a meal It might be a moment. It might be a word. But let's believe that Jesus continues to show up. And let's receive that as gift and grace again this week. And maybe even for the final moments of our service today or during a quiet moment, you might continue to intentionally breathe, pay attention to your breath, palms up, Ponder and see and feel and know. I want you to do that for just 10 or 15 seconds even right now. The spiritual practice of being open to gift and grace. Our lives are traveling in so many different places in these days. 
We come from so many different experiences of joy or sorrow or sadness or gladness. But our hope is that Jesus meets us. And with palms up, we receive what Jesus has for us today and in the days ahead. And we pray that our hearts might be warmed, that our hearts might be filled with gladness.